like preaching first uh, series because I just I'm setting the tone for you. So uh, if you're new to City Hills, we preach uh, most often inside of what we call series, which are several weeks on the same theme. And I preach messages along the lines of that uh, theme. And one of my jobs, one of my primary jobs as your pastor is that of a shepherd, the Bible would, would say. And so as a shepherd, it's my responsibility to sort of scout out hillsides where there's good green grass that I can feed you. And, uh, and, and so I take the flock over here and let's feed on this hill for a while. And I ask God, what would you have us talk about next? Now, I am an avid planner. You can still be spirit-led and a planner. Amen, everybody. If anybody tells you opposite, they're just um, lazy. And so uh, I, I, my preaching calendar is set for the rest of the year. I know what I'm preaching to you in October. And uh, I'm, excited. I'm excited about all that. By the way, some of that's good stuff. <laughs> I'm already preaching it to myself. And I, I'm kinda, I've amen my October already. Um, but this series has been in my heart for months. And I really felt like God gave me this a, a while ago and has continued to talk to me about the message that I'm bringing to you today. And I, I normally know how long our series will last. I don't have a clue on this one. I know in July I'm preaching to you about joy. And the book of Philippians, we'll sort of walk through the book of Philippians together. I love to do that once or twice a year. Uh, but for the next however many weeks it, it, it happens to be, I want to help you walk through taking a test. The purpose of this series is honestly not to change your whole life today. I know some of you sort of grew up in a church. I did. Where I felt like I had to get it all in one day. You know what I'm saying? Like I had to do everything in that day and I had to snot and cry. You couldn't leave if you hadn't sweated and snotted. Come on somebody. And so we had a long church. And I, and I would try to get it every Sunday. And then by Tuesday I'd done lost it. You know what I'm saying? Like it just didn't translate to my life. And the purpose of this series is not, honestly, it's not to change it today. I think God can do that. My prayer is that you'd have an encounter with God that sort of changed the trajectory. But really... Lasting spiritual change is when I can help you change your perspective. Amen, everybody? This is going to be a whole lot more fun if you'll say amen. I just want you to know that. For you, it's going to be a lot more fun. Saying amen to a preacher is like sick him to a bulldog. You know what I mean? It just it fit, He performs better. So uh, I, I really want to help you change your perspective specifically on your problems. How many of you will be honest today and say, I got problems? Come on, everybody. If your hand's not up, you're a liar. That's your problem. Come on, hands up. How many, how many of you are married to your problem? Don't put your hands up. Put your hands down. Put your hands up. Maybe you're raising your problem. Come on, everybody. Maybe you work at your problem. Maybe <laughs> all the parents are like, the kids are over there. No, they're my problem. Yeah, they're in kids' ministry. I don't care if they know. They're my problem. Everybody's got problems. And, and it's, it's, it's interesting to me, and now almost two decades of, of vocational ministry as a pastor, I have watched couples, families, who when faced with problems, they in, this, in, their, in their desire to be spiritual, in their uh, dealing with their problems, they resort to blaming the devil for everything that happens in their life. You know anybody like this? The car doesn't start. must have a devil. I, I grew up believing that. I would lay hands on my car. That's a good thing to do, but you also have to change the oil and put gas in it. They work better that way. So while you're praying, put some gas up in that joint. You know what I'm saying? I'm already preaching good to you because there's some stuff in your life you're praying about you may have to work on. There's some stuff in your life you're trying to just to, to, to write off as, well, that's an attack of the enemy. And it, and it could be. I, I believe that. I, I, I think that we are in a spiritual 
battle. But I also recognize that most of the problems in your life are a perspective problem. They are an opportunity. Listen, they are a place of testing. Come on, audio. They're a place of testing to help you reveal your personal potential. They are a place where God is preparing you for what's next in your life. Are you with me? Say amen to that. He's preparing you. And and this city, honestly, this series, if you'll let it, it's going to give you an edge and an insight that will change your spiritual life. Now, I don't tell you that all the time. There's some series where I tell you, hey, look, this is going to help you. That's it. There's some stuff that I'm going to tell you is going to change your life. This series could change your life. It will give you an edge and a potential in your spirituality that you can face problems with a different perspective. That you can live the next 25, 35, 40, 50 years of your life when, when stress comes into your life. How many of you deal with stress? Where me see your hands? How many of you deal with dysfunction? Come on. If it ain't working, it's dysfunctional. That's, that's, it's not functional. You understand? Some people think dysfunction means you're living in a single wide and everybody's an alcoholic. That's not dysfunction. Nothing wrong with that, by the way. It's how I was raised. But, but dysfunction is this ain't working. My marriage isn't working anymore. This relationship isn't working. Our jobs aren't working. I've got this dysfunctional. When temptation comes to your life. Come on, we had a couple of dozen men at a men's conference this past week. And, and it was an amazing, life-changing uh, weekend with some dudes. Sometimes you guys, we need to get away. Come on, men. Say amen to that. And, and they're better. we baptized men that went to men's conference today. Because you'll make spiritual progress uh, when you're away. But we talked about temptation. It's not going to go away. One of the preachers uh, for, in, in that particular, in that men's conference, I, I won't re-preach his stuff, at least not today, I probably will later. But anyway, he, he, said, he said God's not going to kill all the pretty women just because you've got an eye problem. You understand what I'm saying? God's not going to take away all the temptation in your life just because you've been a Christian for 20 years. Just because it's just not going to happen. So you're going to have to learn how to walk through temptation. Say amen to that. When I feel overwhelmed, anybody ever felt like I just I can't take one more? If one more thing happens, I'm walking out. Anybody? Anybody but me? I have passed people under a bridge and thought that's got to be better. That's got to be better. And, and, and I, You're laughing. I'm serious. There have been times in my life I was overwhelmed and I thought this is, I can't take any more. I can't do this any longer. And you're going to have to figure out how to handle problems when they come to your life. And I want you to have a heightened awareness in this series. I'm just pastoring you now. I'm not preaching yet. I want you to have a heightened, a heightened awareness that you're going to see your life in a different way. You, got, you need to go into this preaching with your eyes open that I've got to reframe how I see my life. Because I've lived 25 years, 45 years, 62 years thinking that everything wrong in my life came from the devil. I'm always under. I'm always being attacked. I don't know how to get out of this. I'm never going to change my life. And I want you to change your perspective about your problems. I want you to lean in. I want you to take notes. I want you to bring somebody with you. If you've got anybody in your life in the next several weeks that has problems, tell them this series is for you. you got problems. I know because I work beside you. you got problems. you got problems. And I want you to bring people with you. I want you to bring everybody, as many people as possible. Just be bold and let's grow this series. Are you ready for that? Say amen. Life is a series of tests. Your physical life is a series of tests. I told you we had our first child. Her name is Hazel. She is now seven years old. She is the light of my life. And I, I remember in the delivery room, I'm trying to not be crude. I'll never embarrass you or be crude in the pulpit. But um, I have a weak stomach. And there was a time in men's history we didn't go into the delivery room. You know, we all stood out in the waiting room and just kind of waited. Now... We all have to go in there and pretend we're quarterbacks. 
Are you with me? Not pastor. Pastor stayed. Uh, I didn't go to the end zone. I was way, way, way far away. But uh, I, I just remember sort of how crazy this was. If you've ever been in the delivery room when, when your wife or your the people in your life have had a, a child, you know just how wild everything is. And I remember after Hazel is born and, and it's still mission critical. Are you with me? It still looks like an episode of Mashed. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, I mean, things are, it's, we're, not, we're not good right now, Radar. Things aren't good. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what's happening, but this don't seem good. Lights are flashing. Stuff's blinking. And, and my babies don't look normal. My second child had the cone head the shape of a triangle. Come on, somebody. I mean, things were bad. And, and I remember in that moment, in sort of that mission critical, I remember this little nurse who walks in and and, you know, everybody's doing whatever it is they're doing. I'm, I'm practicing my breathing. And um, Brandy's just, just amazing in all of this. She's helping me calm down. I don't know why. I didn't get an epidural. Anyway, so I remember this little nurse. She comes in, and she's like, I'm here to do some tests. And there's, there's a test that you're, you know, there's an APGAR test. And they test, you know, how, how, they, how they look and their head measurement. Do they got all the toes? Do they got all the feet? And I thought to hearing test. And I thought to myself about a, a, a day later, like, they do a hearing test. I thought to myself, isn't it kind of early to be testing everything? Like, let's let's test that head. Like, let's figure out how to make a triangle, a square, a, a circle. You know what I'm saying? Like, work on that. Like he, like, do they always look like aliens? Work on that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not even sure I'm down on this yet. And it took me a little while before I liked them. All the men know what I'm talking. You know what I'm talking about, Dad. It takes you a couple months. Your mama loves them from the beginning. It took me a minute to warm up. You know what I mean? But but anyways. Uh, Y'all are thinking, what church did we walk into today? Lights are blinking. This guy hates his kids. Anyway. (laughs) She starts testing my baby from the beginning. And the truth of the matter is, the last seven years we've had kids, it's a test after a test. You know, as soon as that's over with, there's more tests. 24 hours later... There's a hearing test. There's sight tests. Can you see? I wear glasses. I have since I was 12 years old. Every year I have to go to optometrist. And by the way, optometrist is Greek for uh, from hell. And so the optometrist, I'm kidding. We have optometrists in our church. But, but, but he, uh, our family has a history of glaucoma. So they, they uh, poke me in the eye with uh, death uh, machines. And they blow, uh, you know, air. They're always testing. They're always testing. I, it's, it's never over. It, it was, it was the, the moment that my kids were born, and it's today. You go to school, and there's a testing to get out. My little girl just uh, graduated first grade. You know what I mean? I don't know how you graduate anyway, but graduated first grade. And now there's a placement test to go to second grade. It just never stops. There's a test when you go to college. You got, you got to get tested. Did you learn anything? Did you, did, 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 there's a driving test. I think they ought to give that to women about every 12 months. I'm, hey, oh, 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 okay, 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 okay. That wasn't my joke. That wasn't mine. Somebody else wrote these. I'm kidding. Everybody's got, there's no test for marriage. There ought to be. Come on, somebody. But that's the one thing you can do without a test, which, which is not wise, by the way. But anyway, your, your life is a series of tests. And listen to me. Your spiritual life is a series of tests. Your physical life is a series of tests that prove the potential that you have to move on. And your spiritual life is a series of tests 
known as, write this down, your life is filled with opportunities known as proving grounds. Proving grounds. Proving grounds. Places where we can prove the theory that we have about you. I was in preparation for this message. I was doing some uh, YouTube research. Some, anybody know what it's like to get a YouTube anointing for about two hours? You just end up in a black hole. You know what I mean? And and I was I, I got there. I should have been studying God's word, and I just I got in a black hole on proving grounds. Trying when a new when a new product is you know when they say a watch is waterproof, does that mean it can just drop in the toilet, or does it mean you can swim all the way to the bottom of the pool in it? You know, and and there's all these tests on, and I just I got off in this hole looking looking for. You know, these, these proving grounds. If we're going to say it's waterproof, we got to prove it's waterproof. I, I, my favorite, one of my favorite ones was about a, a bear, a trash can that was bear-proof. It was awesome. And there's these videos uh, that I, while I was praying, I was watching on YouTube, where these this trash can companies would want to certify their trash can as bear-proof, but you had to let bears attack it. And it was awesome, everybody. There are bears like... Ripping trash cans off, and it's just—it's amazing. And then, and I'd watched enough. I finally found the one that the bear couldn't get in, you know. And and he's trying to rip the lid off, and it didn't. And he he literally he like rolls it all the way down this hill. It is awesome, and the trash can never opens. And you can buy that trash can today on Amazon as bear proof. It's only bear proof because it went through a proving ground. And there's some stuff that God has labeled on your life. Anointed, capable, able, successful, healthy marriage, godly, moving forward, past their past. There's some stuff God has for you that you'll never be able to understand unless you realize that the problems you think you have are actually opportunities where God is trying to prove your potential. Shout amen to that. It's, it's proving ground. There are times in your life you're going to be given spaces and places to prove yourself before you walk into the next season of your life. I am currently praying about working through what will be, I hope, my first book on the, the idea of open doors in your life. And, and it's, come on everybody, it's always hell in the hallways. You understand what I'm telling you? Between this and that. But those are the proving grounds for the next season of your life. They're proving grounds for what can God trust you. And I wish there was, I wish there was a system by which heaven could alert us. You know, if you've got cable television, you'll see those colored bars like on our image. And, and you'll hear that, you know, that, that thing. And, and then the guy comes on and says, this is a test of the emergency broadcast system. This is only a test. If it was actually an emergency, it would be followed by instructions like the Russians are attacking or whatever. I don't know why they would use it. But anyway, it's, it's a test of the emergency broadcast system. I wish, listen to me, after, after 20 plus years in ministry and after decades of serving God, I wish heaven had a heavenly development system alarm that it would alert me to when I was about to go through a test. Anybody else? I wish when I had a problem at work, not, not this work because I work for a church and everybody here is saved, but I wish when I had a problem in a relationship, in my marriage, with my kids, in our finances, I wish heaven would give me an alert that, hey, you're entering a test. This is only a test. But it doesn't happen that way. It shows up in my life as a problem. 
And there's some things that you are facing that are problems that are tests. Not every test is a problem, but every problem is a test. How do I respond? What do I do? I I wish I could see that everything that I go through, does that mean God sends them to you? No. But does that mean God will allow it? Yes. Does that mean God will use it? Yes. Let me, let, me, let me pastor you for a moment. Look at me. God doesn't cause bad things in your life, but God will use bad things to test you in your life. Some stuff you did. Some stuff the devil did. Some stuff God allows. But all the stuff God will use to test your potential for the next season. I'm preaching better than you're amening. It's only a test. And I wish heaven would give us a warning. And so this series really is me sort of sounding the alarm that this is a test. This is a test in your life. No problem is just a problem. It's an opportunity. I want you to realize it's an opportunity that God at times in your life will require us to, underline this or write it in your notes, prove your potential at one level before being promoted to the next level. Now listen, some of you would say, well, I thought God doesn't tempt us. That sounds like temptation. Temptation and testing are two different things. Temptation is what the enemy uses to get you to sin. Testing is what God uses to get you a promotion. If it causes you to sin, that's temptation. That's not God. If it causes you to get better, go further, grow, stretch your faith, prove your your potential to God, that's a test. And God will give us tests. He'll require us to prove our potential at one level. Let me give you an example. Some of us work in difficult situations. Some of you work with terrible working conditions. And you are praying for, look in my eyes, you're praying for that person at work God remove them or kill them. Come on. God remove y'all y'all don't pray that way. Okay, just me. God remove them. God get them out of here and listen to me. God God's looking at you saying, "I can't move them cuz I'm too busy watching you." I'm not going to move them out. I'm preaching now. I'm not going to move them out cuz I'm watching how you respond to them. I can't deliver you from this because I want to see your attitude in this. I can't take them away because they're developing something in you that you can't get any other way unless they're in your life. I put you in that relationship so I could test you. I put you in that office so I could prove you. I put you working under them so that not because of them. It's not even about them or how they treat you. I'm watching you. I'm watching how you respond to them. I'm watching how your attitude changes. Do you gossip about them around a water cooler? You'll never pass the test. Do you harbor things in your life? Do you go home and talk about your boss to your spouse? Do you tear them down? I'm I'm, I'm helping somebody right now. Can you be trusted with where you are given? It's a test. It's a test. How do you deal with conflict? How do you deal with criticism? How do you deal with strife? You ever looked around a family reunion and think, how did I get here? Who adopted me? Which one of y'all? Come on, somebody. I ain't from here. I put you in that family, not because I'm mad at you, but I'm testing you. Are you the one that walks out of that generational curse of alcoholism and said, it stops with me. It's not going to happen past me. Are you the one that decides we're going to stick together come hell or high water? Divorce ends with us. Our kids are going to serve God. It don't matter if my daddy did, mama did, mama did. It don't matter. Abuse stops with us. Yelling stops with us. Cussing stops with us. Am I helping you right now? I'm coming where you live. Stay just stay, just sit right there just a minute. I'll get where you are. God's testing you with everything in your life. 
Look straight ahead at me. You married her thinking you just found her on Match.com. You didn't find her on Match.com. God designed your relationship. And some of the stuff you're walking through as a couple isn't a problem. It's a test. I told you I ain't preached in three weeks. I'm wild as a cut coon right now. (laughs) It's a test. That promotion. Listen, I'm going to blow your mind now. You ready for this? Hang on. Are you ready? That thing, that promotion that you got that makes you have to move across the country, it's twice the salary. It seems like it's the right thing. It's, but you don't have a church family over there. You don't have a support system. You don't even know where you'd go to church. It's a test. Can you be trusted with more? It's a t- you thought that raise is because you earned it. You didn't earn it. God wants to know, will you tithe on what you got new or will you keep tithing on what you had? I'm helping somebody. It's a test. It's a test. The problem you're in, listen, I'm not telling you Satan's not against you. I'm not telling you we're not in spiritual battle. I'm telling you the things in your life, you have to change your perspective on your problems. It's only a test. And that's why I told you in the beginning of this message, if you'll change this, I'm telling you to change your whole life. Because for the next 50 years of your life, 30 years of your marriage, 25 years left on this earth, you'll look at every problem you get through as did I prove the potential that God has for him? There's something God is trying to promote me to. Do you understand how that would change your life? Do you understand how you can walk in your office now and go, Oh, okay, you jerks thought it was about you. No, 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 no. No, I'm going to pass this test. I'm going to honor this. I'm going to show up with cookies tomorrow morning. Come on, somebody. I'm going to pass this test. You, you, you thought it was about, you, oh, 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 you thought you were going to hurt me and hold me captive to offense the rest of my life. No, no, no. I'm going to forgive you for you ever asked me to because I'm going to pass this test. I, I, I'm going to live my life realizing the problems I'm in are opportunities for God to train me. Will you live your life offended? I think one of the messages of my life, one of the anointings God has on my ministry is to deliver people from a spirit of offense. I have met religious people, not sinners. Sinners know. They just hate people. Religious people think, I don't hate anybody. I'm just offended. I just, I was raised. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something politically incorrect. Are you ready? Are you buckled up? Say, I'm ready. It's what I call the Oprah Winfrey syndrome in this generation. It's you can go on Oprah Winfrey and tell her why you're such a terrible person because of how you were raised. And for decades we've told generations of people, well, it's not your fault. You come from the wrong side of the tracks. Bad things happen to you. And I I understand why, honey, you can live that way. It's okay. You don't have to trust anybody. If I lived what you lived through, I'm not minimizing your, listen to me, I'm not minimizing your childhood. I'm not minimizing the hell you lived through. I'm just telling you it was a test. Are you going to live your life offended the rest of your life? Are you going to live your life with a pair of glasses called offense? If there's a scratch on the right side of my glasses, everything I look at is scratched up. Come on, somebody. And you'll live the rest of your life seeing scratches everywhere because of offense. Or you can live your life victorious. There are people in this room I could call out right now. If I had the permission, I'd tell you their story. That lived through hell. That were abandoned. That were abused. That were molested. That were They're not victims. Listen to me. They passed the test. I'm not saying it wasn't hard. I'm not saying there wasn't years of therapy. I'm not saying there wasn't years of healing that God had to do in their lives. I'm just telling you, they don't wear that around right now. They help other people out of it. It's only a test. Would you shout amen to that? It's only a test. And every test, write this down, every test has a question waiting to be answered. You understand that in school, there are tests with questions. That's how you are 
tested. That's, that's the, the foundation of a test, to test your knowledge. I have to ask you. And in your spiritual life, there are questions that will be answered. Today, I'm going to give you nine. I think there may be more. But I've identified nine tests that every spiritual person will walk through, every person in this room. And you'll walk through them multiple times. Some of them I am going through currently. Some of them I went through last year. Some of them are on the horizon. Some of them I have repeated over and over. Listen, you think you have to pass a test and that's it. That's not the way this works. I go to the eye doctor every single year. You understand? There's some stuff, every, every, every single grade in school, you have to get tested on the material of that grade. There's some stuff you're not going to be delivered from the test. Quit praying about it. God's going, you can pray all you want to. I'm not going to take it away. i got to test you. Because there's always a new level I want to bring you to. Are you, are you getting something from this? Amen. Every test has a question. It, it happens in, in the Bible. Let me show you a story in the New Testament. John Tells about a day Jesus is teaching on the hillside. And Jesus, the Bible says in John 6 and 5, Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him. Let me stop there and tell you, by the way, uh, if you're a leader in the room in any area of your life, you lead a home, you lead a family, you lead at work, the leader's job is to see further along what's on the horizon. My, one of my jobs for you, and as I lead this organization and this church, is to see what's coming down the way and so Jesus sees what's coming a great crowd is coming toward him this is the story of 5,000 men that are fed and most theologians believe there are at least 15,000 people women and children included and he looks over at Philip a disciple who's standing there with him and he asks him a question look into my eyes every test has a question that has to be answered and he says, Philip, where will we buy bread for these people to eat? They're coming. It's the heat of the day. We're going to have to feed them. I know it. You know it. And so Jesus, the answer, listen to me. I'm, 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 I'm going to change your life. The answer asks a question. When God asks you a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. It's because he's testing you. If there's questions in your mind right now, it's not because God doesn't have the answer. It's because He wants you to discover the answer for yourself. That's why at Growth Track here, we talk about discovering your purpose. It's not because I don't think you know how God designed you. It's because I want to ask you enough questions. You open your eyes and go, ah, I'm supposed to serve kids all my life. I'm supposed to give all my life. I'm supposed to high five at the front door and welcome new people all my life. This is what I was designed to do. I want you to discover how God did that. It's not because you don't have the answer. It's because it's a question. Are you with me? It's a test. What do we do with all these people? And he only, this is exact, this is your Bible. He asked this only to test him. God, why am I going through this? Because it's a test. God, you're being mean. No, no, no. I'm trying to test you. God, this is so mean. Why would you do that? Because I've got promotion for you, Philip. I've got another, I've got something else I want you to do. I've got a new level I want to bring you to. I already know the... God, I wish I could preach this to you like I feel it. God already had in mind how He's going to heal your marriage, fix your financial problem. The checks already... I know it sounds crazy. You've heard it all over TV. You listen to me. I've lived it. I'm telling you a fact. God already has checks waiting for... 
God already has business deals ready to come through. God already has healing on the horizon. God already has restoration in your... You ever lived a day that you thought, man, I don't even know how this is going to happen. And then one day, one phone call changes everything. Anybody know what I'm talking about? God already has in mind what He's going to do, but you got to answer the question because it's a test. Genesis, I'm sorry, John 6 and 6 in the King James Version says it like this, that He said this not to test Him, to prove Him, the proving ground. I'm trying to prove something there. Every test you ever get in school comes with, comes with questions. The ear test, the eye test, the IQ test, the personality test, the driving test. They're all questions that try to prove your ability to be promoted. And Philip passes, uh, Philip does not pass the test. Philip says, I don't know. God honestly, he tells Jesus, if you were to keep reading, he says, it would take a whole year's wages just to give these people a bite to eat. And Andrew, Andrew Simon Peter's brother, they're kind of loud together. Andrew stands up. And you know the story if you've been around the Bible long. He said, I found a boy with five loaves and two fishes. Listen to me. Jesus already knew how he was going to feed 15,000 people. He is not wondering, I wonder how I'm going to fix this. I wonder what I'm going to do. I don't know if I can work this out. I don't know if I got the answer. No, no, no. I've already got the answer. I just need to ask you, do you have faith to believe me? I want to know, are you going to be involved in this miracle? And Andrew speaks up and he has an answer. It's a test. It's a test. I'm preaching to people who are wondering, when's this going to end? How are we going to get through this? What's going to happen? Is God going to come through? Look into my eyes. He's already got a miracle in his mind. He already knows how to help you. This is a test. And how you answer the question determines how long you stay in the test. How you answer the question determines your ability to get promoted. The ability for God to open the next door for you. I wish faith was a series of long hallways with open doors, but it's not. It's a series of open doors that close behind you and you're in a hallway of closed doors. And you're waiting for one to open. And when it opens, you walk through the next one. When you pass the test, there's promotion. I think there are probably more than this. There's probably some you could come up with. But I have come up with what I think are nine tests of every spiritual life. And I want to give you those today and then I'll pray for you. And we'll end today. And over the next, some of you are thinking nine. We're going to do nine weeks of this. <laughs> we may. Uh, I don't know. But I'm going to preach these to you over the next several weeks and help you walk through these. I want you to get your pen out and write these down. You're going to notice in your life, some of you are in the middle of some of these. Some of you just walked out of this. Some of you will walk into this. Here's the first one right quick. The test of small things. The test of small things asks the question. Every test has a question. It asks the question, can you handle more? Can, some of you are praying for more that you can't handle. If you don't wash the Ford you've got, you won't wash the Mercedes you're praying for. If you don't clean the 600 square foot apartment you've got, you won't clean the ranch you're asking God for. Can you handle more? Am I, am I where you are right now? Can you handle more? It's the test of small things. Some of you are looking around your life going, why in the world would I be? This is the only job I can get. This is it. Why, why do I have a master's degree working at Rudy's? What in the world? Why am, I, why am I going through this? It's the test of small things. However you have passed, can you handle more? Can you handle being over this small department so God can give you the whole company? Can you handle small things? the test of small things. Number two, right quickly, the motivation test. 
the motivation test says, are you doing the right things for the right reason? You can do the right things for the wrong reason and end up with wrong results. I said, you can do the right things for the wrong... You know what the Bible says about tithing? That God loves a cheerful giver. You can give 10% of your income begrudgingly and still not be blessed. <laughs> because you got to do the right things for the right reasons. The motivation test. Am I doing what I'm supposed to do because God... Gave it to me to do. Am I doing it for the right reason? Is my heart in the right place? Number three, the credibility test. I don't think this is all of them, but I'm going to give you nine tests that every believer you may be in right now or you're on your way to. The credibility test. The credibility test asks the question, can other people count on you and trust you with the opportunities that you've been given? Can other people count on you? Are you a man of your word? Are you a woman who follows through on everything? Do you just get halfway excited about a project and get halfway through and you don't finish? Are you credible? Can God trust your credibility? It's the credibility test. The next one, some of you are in this right now. It's called the wilderness test. It's the dry place. It's where I don't know where God is. And the question is, are you ready to make the changes that progress require of you? Some of you believe the wilderness test is, can I just get out of this? That's not what happened. For 40 years, the children of Israel wander in the wilderness, not so they could learn new ways to live. They did it so that the old generation could die. Because some stuff's going to have to die off in your life. You're going to have to make progress. You're going to have to make changes in your life. You've got you to decide what you do in the wilderness test. The next one is the authority test. Are you still awake? Say amen. The authority test says, do you honor and respect and appreciate the authority that God's put in your life? Do you honor and appreciate? Do you talk about that, that boss you've got now? If you can't submit to him, you won't submit to the next one. If you can't submit to spiritual leadership in your life, to the authority that God's put in your life, if, if you talk about them, don't honor them, don't respect them, don't appreciate them, God will never give you authority if you can't respect authority. Are you with me? Say amen. It's the authority test. Here's the next one right quick. The, war, the warfare test. The warfare test. What is your, what I'll call when I preach it to you, your adversity quotient. In other words, how do you handle up in battle? Come on. Spiritual lives are for not spiritual wimps. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to have an adversity quotient. You don't need to give up and get in spiritual ICU every time you stub your toe. You need to be able to push through that, and, 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 and that's, it's the warfare test. It's how much can you handle. Are you just going to buckle every time somebody doesn't look at you and somebody doesn't high-five you in the lobby? Are you going to leave this church and go to the next one? You've been to the last six in this city. Are you going to keep going around? I'm helping somebody right now. The warfare test. What is your adversity quotient? Here's the next one, the offense test. The offense test. The offense test. Will you live your life offended? Will you live your life looking at everything? If you listen, if you're a nail, everything's a hammer. If you, if you're a victim, everybody's out to get you. Will you live your life offended? I can't believe that people do it. I can't believe she talked to me that way. You, there's some stuff people post on Facebook. You thinks about you, honey. Look into my eyes. Ain't nobody think about you. People don't care about that. People don't care about your life. They're not talking about you. You just live offended. You have an offense lens on. Am I helping anybody? You, you got to pass this test. I'm telling you, if you don't pass this test, you'll live your life with no deep relationships because you push everybody off because you see it as offense. Always, always, always the offense test. Come play for them, Henry. Make them think I'm quitting. Here's the second to the last one, the test of time. The test of time. I can't wait to preach this to you. The test of time. 
Some people think the test of time is, well, I'm still standing, Pastor. I'm still, I'm still holding on. That's not the test of time. Look into me. That is not the test of time because some of you are still holding on, but you're bitter. You can't get to 85 years old and go, well, I made it. Now, I hate everybody. Nobody's in my life. Nobody will come to my funeral. Everybody's out of my world. I've cut everybody off because I've gotten so bitter that I've got no friends. Nobody comes and visits me. That's not standing the test of time. Standing the test of time is I lived through hell and I smiled the whole way. I got better for it. God, God picked me up, turned us around. God made, I got better, not bitter. Here's the last one. Here's the one I'm going to ask you today. You'll, you'll be asked it over and over and over and over and over. Every, almost every day of my life, it's the Lordship test. Do you accept that God's way, write it just like you see it. Do you accept and live your life in such a way that God's way is always right? When people ask me, Pastor, do you think that, not, not this service, but in first service people say, Pastor, do you really think that we have to tithe? You know, is that really a thing in the New Testament? You know, I know immediately. You don't want a Bible study about tithing. I'll give you one. You don't want one. Because what you're really asking is, is God's way always right? Like, does it always really mean 10% of my income? Come on now. Don't you think, God? Yeah. The Lordship. Are you okay with that? I talk about money. Some of you get so scared. The Lordship test says everything in this book is right. It didn't change. And God's way is always right. It's always right. And some of you here today need to ask yourself the question about Lordship in your life. Have I really, am I questioning everything about God? Or is it just always right? Let me, give you, let me give you the example. Close your Bibles. Look at me. Some of you are wondering, do I really have to get baptized? I mean, Really? I mean, I did it when I was a baby. I don't remember it. I, I don't even know what it was for. But, I mean, did I really have to? I mean, I did it when I was eight years old. And I don't remember. Like, everybody else went down to the front. And they were all getting in the water. And I thought it was neat. Everybody getting in the water. And so, I just did it. I mean, do I really have to? Do you have to? If you keep asking yourself, do I have to read my Bible? Do I have to pray? Do I have to give? Do I have to get baptized? It's the Lordship test. Is God's way always right? Look into my eyes. It's always right. It's always right. And James would say it like this. This is the, I usually give you the theme verse of our series at the very beginning. I'm going to give it to you at the very end. This is my prayer for you over the next several weeks. Consider it. Pure joy, my brothers and sisters. I want a church full of joy. I'm going to preach it to you in July. I'm going to take a whole month. I'm going to try to get you happy, full of joy. Full of joy. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face problems of all kinds because you know. The first vision of this church is that you know God. The reason we use that is because I don't want you to know about faith. I don't want you to know about problems. I want you to know. I want you to know that the testing you're in right now is only a test. And if you'll pass it, it'll, it'll produce some perseverance in you. And if you'll let, next verse, if you'll let perseverance finish its work in you. My hope for you in July, listen, my hope for you as we go through the next through a few weeks and through June, my, my prayer for you as your pastor in this church, as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, my hope for you is that you are mature and complete and what if, 
we could live lacking nothing. What if you didn't have to live your life and go, man, my marriage is good, but man, my job is just... Man, my job's doing great, you know, but at home we just fight and yell and cuss and fuss all the time. Man, our marriage is doing great, but we ain't heard from our kids in months. And oh, I don't know, it's just broken down. And What if you could live your life in such a way that it doesn't mean trials don't come. It doesn't mean problems don't exist. It just means when I get in the problem, I go, oh, 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 I know what this is. I know what this is. This is a test. This is a test of the heavenly development system. That thing that's producing in me what God wants to get out of me. And you'll lack nothing in your life. This is only a test. Bow your heads right where you are. Lord Jesus, I pray for people in this church today that are facing what the King James Version calls the fiery trials of our faith. Things that are out of our control, things that they wish they could change, a doctor's report, a phone call that changed everything, the loss of a loved one, a marriage that's crumbling, kids that are addicted, a private sin that no one knows about, depression and anxiety that they can't get through. That everything in their life, every problem, every perceived problem in their life is a test. It's a test. It's a test. I pray that you'd change their perspective today. I pray for people who've never surrendered their hearts to Jesus. If that's you in the room today and you need to, you, you need to pass the Lordship test, here it is. It's to see the Lord of everything. If He's not the Lord of everything of your life, then He's not the Lord of anything. You don't get to pick and choose. If that's you, come on, every eye's closed. Just pray a prayer that sounds something like this out loud. Say, Lord Jesus. Come on, everybody from the depths of your soul. Say, Lord Jesus. I give you my heart today. I repent of my sins. God, I give you every area of my life. I want you to be the Lord of my whole life, not the parts that I'm comfortable with you, not the parts that I hide from everybody. I want everything to be exposed. I want you to be the Lord of my whole life. Forgive me of my sins. I surrender my whole life to you today. In Jesus' name. Everybody shout the video.